second ever episode. Uh, this week, in memory of the passing of Sir Roger Moore, we'll be dedicating an episode to all things James Bond. So this episode, Full Metal James Bond. With me is my co-host, Rob. How are you, Rob? Yeah, not too bad, Sammy. How's it going? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Um, some pretty tragic news this week, hey? Yeah, it's fucking devastating. Yeah, he's, the guy was all class. So Roger was the perfect, in my opinion, the perfect um, James Bond. A gentleman, no one had any, anything bad to say about him. A lot of time working with UNICEF, loved by all. Every, every gentleman's hero, I would say. Yeah, literally. Literally. Um, so this, this week, listeners, we, went, we don't have a movie review as such. What we're doing is uh, counting off our favourite James Bond movies, um, some of our favourite um, villains and favourite James Bond themes. And just having a, having a good old chin wag about Jimmy Jimmy Bond. Uh, no tea this week, unfortunately. I got a Earl Grey sipping on that tea, so let's jump into it. So, who's your favourite, Rob? Has to be Jan- uh, Roger Moore. Yeah, has to be definitely. I th- I just think um, he's just he had the the ultimate suaveness about him. You know you know what I mean? He yeah. came if, into if- a room and he just. And he just looked like everyone would turn around and say, oh, wow, who's this guy? Anyone, anyone who thinks that, uh, you know, Sean Connery or whatever, go, go back and watch him again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the best thing about Roger Moore is um, his demeanor, right? So he would always go into, into a room or whatever, um, a bad guy's lair or whatever, and literally just be like, yeah, it, it, it'll sort itself out. Don't worry about it. I'm James Bond. Yeah, it'll be okay. Good luck yeah. out. Everything will be fine. <laughs> he's, the, he's the James Bond where the most happened to him, where he didn't actually do any active spy work. He just kind of let things lay out and he just followed the trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I reckon he also had probably one of the, some of the best Bond looks of all time, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he had the, wore the, uh, the spacesuit, Moonraker, the classic white tuxedo and octopusy. Nautical Bond when he's in the Spy Love Me, that classic blue naval uh, uniform looked amazing. Literally uh, the best safari suit ever. Call <laughs> that the best. Yeah, exactly. But actually, one one other thing was uh, was a pretty good look. You know, uh, the um, the ski uh, the ski uniforms he used to have in those the military oh, yeah, ski. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he, I think he won like three times. Wasn't it um, the Spy Who Loved Me the opening scene there? Uh, is it, is it from Your Eyes Only? I think he was in a ski thing. And yeah. And Vito Akil as well. Vito Akil at the start, yeah. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I mean, ski thing. Jesus Christ. Well, you know what? He, he, he makes skiing and he makes skiers look cool. Because uh, I don't know if you've ever been skiing on the slopes. That uh, there's there's nothing nothing worse that you could do is be be a skier on the slopes if you're not snowboarding. Like, seriously. <laughs> well, there's no way. It's very hard to look cool. In those jumpsuits and oh, and those shoes with the, the, the walking, yeah. like where they, they, you know, skiers are all cool until they walk next year, and then it's just like, what the, what the, what the fuck's this guy? What is he wearing? <laughs> but, uh, all right, well, all right, so let's do it. So our favorite James Bond, I think, goes without saying, is uh, Sir Sir Roger Moore. We'll get, we'll probably get a lot of stick for this, but his movies didn't have um, the best plots. I mean, a couple of them were really, really, really fantastic, but not many of them stood out as being iconic films. But 
I have to, I would argue that his movies had the some of them the most iconic imagery slash um, scenes, like um, The Spy Who Loved Me, the, the opening credits when he skis off the cliff and then he opens up to that parachute and da 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 da. Mm, and it's just that absolutely. big uni jack, Union Jack on your screen. It's amazing. It gives me chills every time. Skiing on one ski, I think, as well. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah. And he, this is why I love Sir Roger so much, is that he was always willing to be the, the brunt of his own criticism, his own jokes. He's so self-deprecating. Like, towards the end, in A View to Kill, he said that he was old enough to be um, the leading uh, lady's got, um, grandfather. He's too mm-hmm. old, and he, he loved playing James Bond, but at the same time, he realized just it is just movies, and, just, and it is just entertainment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he kind of took that as a badge of honor that, you know, he's not everyone's James Bond, but he's, he's definitely, well, he loves it, if that makes he sense. Was- he was 45 in uh, in uh, Live and Let Die, yeah? So That's he was, I mean, I, I was surprised when I read that for the first time, actually. That was, yeah, yeah you know, I think like... he was older than Sean Connery in Diamonds Are Forever, and if you put the mm. two sides aside, you say Sean Connery looks at least 10 years older than Roger Moore in Live and Let Die. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, God damn. God damn. All right, we'll say after Roger Moore, who's your second favorite? Hmm. Who's, who's um, your backup, James Bond? Tough one. Um, cause, uh, I'm sort of, I don't know, like I, I would say Roger Moore, the reason why I like him is because, um, I think I watch, uh, those James Bonds for the character instead of the storyline more mm. than the other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm like making a decision on the next James Bond based on more so the movies as well. Mm. But I'd probably say, I'd probably say Sean Connery is the second purely mm. because there's like a lot of character development, but it's a uh, it's a tough one because Pierce Brosnan was also quite good, I thought as well. It's just that I don't know. Like I would say that Pierce Brosnan, Timothy Dalton, Sean Connery all, all had that like um, tough bond. Like yeah, let's fucking get the mission done. Yeah. Let's beat the shit out of people. Uh, you know, let's break a girl's heart for the mission. Yeah. Um, whereas, whereas uh, you know, uh, Roger Moore was just fucking breaking girls' hearts, right? Yeah, it's just <laughs> so like, getting his what he did, you know, like, <laughs> he just did it. You know? Well, I, yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, Sean, Sean Connery got the whole thing rolling, right? And he, and he definitely set up some of the uh, fundamentals of how to structure a Bond movie. Um, yeah. And I think he had um, probably a couple of the most iconic villains and um, iconic uh, Bond girls. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. Sean Connery's probably my second favorite. Um the only thing about like I don't really like about Sean Connery is as the movies got on, you could kind of clearly see he got less in, less interested. So like, yeah. um, you only live twice. He's just he's just literally, where's my mark? Where's my line? <laughs> yep. And then he, he quits, and then he comes back with Diamonds Are Forever. Mm-hmm. And that was literally Diamonds Are Forever is um, a Roger Moore film with Sean Connery not caring. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like light-hearted, a bit campy, but um, Sean Connery's clearly there for a payday. He, so he had some like those those two characters, uh, the two evil guys. Oh yeah, Mister Mister Kid, Mister Mister and Mister Kid. Yep. Yeah, they they were like um, they were like 
quite goofy, and I think that I I don't really like those characters, but it's not because of what they did. I think it was like you know when you know when like some actors complain about not being able to act off in a scene, like mm. they they their their type of acting will only work if it's reciprocated with the the general acting of someone else or the scene or whatever. Mm. And I just felt like they were goofy characters, um, but then you had a super serious James Bond. Mm. So for me, it was just a bit sort of weird. Mm. I don't know. Like, I think that if it was Roger Moore as the James Bond in that movie, you might see some like uh, some a, a whole different dynamic between all that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is like Roger Moore. He never. I don't think he ever got tired of playing James Bond. And he never not took it seriously. So even from A View to Kill, when he's literally in his six was he in his sixties in A View to Kill, or late fifties or whatever, he yeah. he's still given it the old 100%, you know what I mean? He still th- wants to be the... He loves being James Bond. Um, mm-hmm. And there's nothing... For me, that makes it more enjoyable because he knows what these films are, like a bit of light popcorn sort of, you know, enjoyment, entertainment. But he's still given it 100%. So mm-hmm. he doesn't see it as, it as it being beneath him or he's, you know... He had a really good relationship with uh, Broccoli, one of the producers. Like they, mm-hmm. met, I think they met at a casino table or something. Really? Yeah, and because um, that's what because J- <laughs> Roger Moore literally lived as James Bond, so he would go to um, uh, what's we call it, Monte uh, not Monte Monaco, Carlo. Monaco, yeah, and yeah. gamble, play baccarat. Yeah, and that's where he met um, Albert Broccoli, and they just hit it off. Um, and I think he was actually originally meant to be James Bond, but he was doing the the Saint, the TV show, yeah, the Saint, yeah. and for whatever reason, the contracts didn't work out. Um, he was uh, he was fifty seven by the way. Oh, 57, There you go. So yeah, yeah. Who's old? Um, sorry, after Sean Connery, would you? Who would you say is, is number three? Uh, so again, like uh, I, it's it's a tough question. I'd probably say um, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, mm. After that, because mm. like one of my favorites is Goldeneye. Mm. Um. And uh, I, I thought I thought he was like um, like he he brought it back to the whole British charm of it, right? Mm. Um, yeah, he was uh, he was out Bond though, right? I mean, that's the Bond we grew up with. Like, there's also he, that, yeah. yeah. He came out when his movies came out when we were in that perfect age for for James Bond. So yeah. he was our generation's James Bond. Um, I have mm-hmm. to, I reckon he's number three. He gets a lot of stick of being like Roger Moore light in the sense that he likes to be old hard, but then you'd have to do some really weird quips or have some There is odd some comedy. charm. There's some yeah. charm there. And that, that's what I reckon, that's what I like about it because mm. I don't think uh, Sean Connery was that charming, to be honest. No, nah, he's very dry in his delivery, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But definitely Roger Moore, the reason why I like him is the charm. Mm. Um, and therefore... Um, Therefore, I think uh, Pierce Brosnan would be my third behind Sean Connery, and for the for the reasons we said before. Yeah, uh, Sean. sure. Um, and I think Pierce Brosnan is a victim of. I think he would have kept doing these, and I think he wanted to keep doing the ones, but the the writing really let him down. You know that weird? It was that weird period of movies where um, just action movies in general weren't great, like the late nineties, the early two thousands. Well, and also I think Cubby Broccoli died. Uh, um, at some point during mm-hmm. those movies, right? Yeah, uh, I think Golden Eye was the first one without him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. And, and that came out in ninety shit. When did Golden Eye come out? In? Uh, Golden Eye. I wonder. I wonder how much he influenced Golden Eye, if anything. Um, 
Because he died in 96, it says here. He's got some research. Uh, oh, GoldenEye came out in 95. So, okay, so he, he died right after GoldenEye then. Mm. So, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies was the first one without him. Okay. But then again, if he's if he died a year later, how much input do you think he would have had into GoldenEye? He was, so, uh, he was producer slash executive producer or solo producer for everything up to um, uh, License to Kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says here, and then uh, he was. Um, I'm just checking the dates to see if that was correct. What I just said, and then it says here, consulting producer, '95 Goldeneye. Yeah, there you go. So, it would have been the first one with his daughter uh, Barbara. I think his daughter's name is Barbara Broccoli. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and then after after Pierce Brosnan, to be honest with you, it, for me, it's a, it's pretty much a dead heat for the rest of it. Yeah. I, I would say I didn't mind George um, Lazenby in Her Majesty's Secret Service, um, but I think the, my criticism with him is he's just a Sean Connery clone, so he's not actually trying to bring anything to the role other than mimic Sean Connery. Um, yeah. And he's not a good actor. I don't know. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah. Um, it, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like, you know when you do a job, right, and you can just mm. like do it? You just You just get it all done probably do it like four out of five you, you, you know you, you just i don't know it's like it's like writing a paper or something right like anyone can like do whatever you need them to do and then it's awesome but it, you just can't give it that extra five out of five or that 20 mm. or whatever because mm. it just hasn't brought something new to the table it hasn't kept your intention the whole time no, exactly so i think i don't know with him even even though he wasn't british he's, he still definitely pulled off the british uh sort of um Demeanor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone didn't, I think because I think he was Australian, right? Uh, yeah, he was. He was an Aussie. So if if no one told that to me, I probably wouldn't have suspected it, being Australian myself. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so he definitely tried his best. Um, and he he had like a he had like a pretty unique James Bond where he got married and his wife died, right? Yeah. Um, so it's a pretty somber. So, so it definitely be a hard James Bond to pull off, to be honest. I actually I mean, on this his movie on His Majesty's Secret Service. I literally thought that'd be one that they would remake, um, just because that's a really that's a really sort of as you said a heavy sort of uh, sort of plot point in the I James mean, Bond series. You give George Lazenby like Live and Let Die. Who knows what he could have done with that? You know mm. what I mean? Because it's just like the whole the whole movie is just um, you know it. That that whole movie was just like get Roger Moore like out there and put him in all these like funny, mm. completely risky situations where it's just going to be hilarious. You know, George Lazenby probably could have been good in that, but mm. I don't know. Like, I I suspect he wouldn't have been, but um, he could have definitely. But yeah, I don't know. Like, what, I guess what I'm trying to say is like he didn't do it for me, but maybe it wasn't uh, Colin's fault. Yeah, yeah. What do you? Okay, would you say he? So would he be your dead last then? Um, who would be after Pierce Brosnan? So this is ignoring the other like uh, Casino Royale and all that, like the original like yeah, spin-off yeah, movies or whatever yeah, the hell, right? Yeah, don't but, worry about that. <laughs> so I reckon. Um, okay, so it comes down to Timothy Dalton or Daniel Craig, really. Hmm. See, for I would me, say Lazenby's my my worst. I'd say. Okay. See, for me, I, I, I'm going to make a huge call, and I, I'd put Daniel Craig as my least favorite James Bond. Really? Yeah, huge. 
Um, I just don't think he has any charisma about him. He he doesn't suit the, um, in my mind, the personal traits. And I'm not talking like physical traits. I like blonde hair, blue eyes. I'm talking like he's, in my opinion, James Bond is above average height, um, broad-shouldered sort of um, a man whose face is pretty common. but And he's also at the same time can just talk and charm. And he's obviously comes from a, Upper class background, well educated, sophisticated sort of gentleman, I guess. Yeah. Um, but at this, like he's like a chameleon. He just, he just, he just has common features. Whereas I, I think Daniel Craig, he's like a British bulldog, if it makes sense. You can mm. tell he's like built like a tank. Um, very, I guess, working class look dynamic to him. Um, mm. And I think when he tries to be suave or um, I guess, uh, has shown a bit of charisma. He doesn't do it all that well. He's got no wit. No, and he even himself admits it. And the other thing that really puts me off Daniel Craig is I think his movies are, um, are somewhat overrated and the fact that he doesn't like being James Bond and he's probably said that he'd rather kill himself than play, it, play him again. Yeah. He's like, how ungrateful can you? You got $16 million for your last movie. You're an iconic movie star. This is a big franchise that everyone loves. If you hate James Bond, that's fine. But then don't go out and have to say it. Just, just don't do it again. What's the I, problem? I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that, like, um, I would only say Craig is better than Lazenby because mm. he's literally just done more movies than, and and those movies weren't horrible movies. But like, uh, I, I, see, what, I see what you mean. Jesus. Yeah, I know. He's <laughs> he's definitely got some shit movies out there. Yeah. But like, um. I don't know, like, I, I just think it's like, uh, you know, like, definitely tenure gives you some points in my book, to be honest, yeah, but okay. he, yes, he, he definitely did, um, not his fault, I guess, it's like the people who um, who, who, who uh, wrote the movies and stuff, like, they took you to this, like, the, the origins of James, it's, it comes back to our previous episode about this origins bullshit, right, mm. like, I don't fucking, I don't care, you know what I mean, yeah. I don't want to see origins yeah. and stuff, I just want to see fucking a guy going to the bloody New Orleans and... Mm. I don't know, load the deck with some tarot cards with some lovers and fucking, you know, yeah. manipulate people. That's what yeah. I want to see, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, uh, my, exact, that's God, an excellent I hope, point. I hope no one from fucking work can hear this. <laughs> that's an excellent point <laughs> because I'm telling you, I don't need a three-movie origin story and that's what it was for him. So Quantum of Solace took place more or less straight after Casino Royale yeah. and then Skyfall took place in a relatively short time frame and gave us more origin and then even Spectre had elements of origin with with Blofeld bringing, being his brother or something. This is if, where that whole, you know, the cultural Marxism in Hollywood came into it a little bit, right? Because mm. they, they definitely went with Judy Dench as M, right? So mm. I think because you couldn't have an M flopping between uh, uh, a, a woman to a man, woman to a man between episodes, I think that they had that, that, that was one factor that pulled all of those bonds into semi chronological order. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, by culture Marxism, I mean like, oh, you know, we got to have a female doing this, we got to yeah. do this, we got to, yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, All right, well, then, so would you say Daniel Craig, uh, so for me, Roger Moore, Pierre, um, Sean Connery, Pierce Brosnan, I'd probably say Timothy Dalton, George Lazenby, Daniel Craig. So, but then your order would probably have Timothy Dalton, uh, Daniel Craig and then George Lazenby at the bottom. Yeah, basically. Mm. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I think Timothy Dalton as well. His movies stank. 
But well, the Living Daylights wasn't that terrible. But I just, I think you didn't he, like License to Kill either. No, not really. I mean, come on, like that 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 theme song was good though. Both, both theme songs were, uh, in my book, definitely up there for the best theme well, songs. Well, fucking throw out your book because the book's wrong. I'm telling you, it's they're just bland movies. Like, in the 80s, you had things like um, uh, Die Hard, well, just, right? Just, Lethal when, Weapon. When was, those are better action films than what we got in the 80s from When, when was James the last Bond? time you had a hearing check, though? <laughs> Why is that? Because you're just talking. I don't know what the fuck you've been listening to, but but those those like that that I mean Duran Duran and uh, uh, yeah you can, like you can't judge a James Bond film on its bloody soundtrack. You alone, definitely right? can. I oh, reckon. I definitely think that is a huge factor. <laughs> uh, well, let's just jump into it then. Let's go through. All right, so listeners, what we're going to do now is the, the um, my, I've developed a list of my favorite movies, uh, and Tobe's going to try and trigger me and critique my list. Um, and uh, we'd have a discussion about where what movie belongs, belongs could where. This, could this be called a bond off or what? <laughs> a bond off. We have to unzip for that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Cool. So there's 24 movies, um, and we'll start with the, um, tw- number 24, and then work our way down to one, and one obviously being the best. All right. So on my list, the, the worst, and I just want to preface this that the worst James Bond movie. Is still best than the best movie out there. So I'd rather watch the worst James Bond movie than like Citizen Kane or The Godfather. <laughs> That's how much I love these movies. All right, Gone with the Wind. <laughs> all right, so number twenty-four, I had Die Another Day. I think that is that's a stinker. That came out. Uh, Die Another Day came out. I think late, no, early two thousand two. Uh, Madonna did the theme song Die yeah, Another Day. Suck. And that was horrid. It was like disgusting. Um, and the, the main villain, I think, was. Was it Colonel Moon, the North Korean terrorist? Um, that's a bit of an that goes out the saying. If you're North Korean, odds are you will be a somewhat off the scales. Yeah. And uh, Zhao was his henchman. Yeah. I mean, you can't really dispute this one. This Halle Berry, things. right? Yeah, Halle Berry. Actually, yeah. you know what? Interesting fact. I think Halle Berry was meant to get her own spin-off, but this movie tanked so badly that they actually uh, shit canned it. They definitely would have done that as well. Like that was right in the the theme. That that was right in the whole. Uh, you know, um, let's start just just milking this franchise. Mm. You know, I think was it her character name Mayday? I can't remember. No, it wasn't Mayday. That's from a video kill. Oh, I can't remember her name. J- no, Jinx. 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 Yeah, that's it. Jinx. Jinx. Yeah. So she was meant to get a spin off, and then Michael Madsen was meant to be her like her M. But oh god, that was hard. The movie was so hard. It made the mo- apparently made the most money though, out of all the James Bond films. Really? Yeah, it got well before I think uh, Skyfall. So it's odd that they pulled the pin and decided to reboot, given that they were obviously still very profitable. But yeah, you can't argue that one. That one stinks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then moving on to number twenty-three, I would say uh, Quantum of Solace, the second Daniel Craig movie, uh, came out two thousand eight. Two years after Casino Royale, um, another way to die with Jack White and Alicia Keys. That was that plodding theme song. That dun 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 dun. You know, remember that one? Yeah, another way to die. Yeah, it's a bit forgettable. I just yeah. think that movie is just forgettable. Uh, the main villain was Dominic Green again. This is this is the other problem because you know, um, basically the Broccoli's, the producers of the Bond franchise, they win a lawsuit with uh, a guy called Kevin McCorn. I think it's Kevin McCornley. Um, mm-hmm. And they couldn't use Spectre. Mm-hmm. So do you know about how um, 
in Fleming wrote Thunderball with a with another um, another another gentleman. I think his name's Ian McCauley, and basically he took Ian McCauley took um, the producers of the Bond films to court, saying that these are his characters, mm-hmm. and the court decided that he could use them, and that's how we got um, that other Never Say Never Again with Sean mm-hmm. Connery. Mm-hmm. But then I think around 2000 and uh, I want to say it was before Skyfall. Maybe it was around Skyfall. They basically they settled and they could use Spectre again. So what they had to do did in Quantum Solace was set up a new um, organization. Now I can't remember the organization's name. I, I'm really bad at ah oh, shit. Was it called Quantum? Uh, no idea. I yeah, and basically that was they were setting that up to be the new Spectre. But then they kind of wiped that all away when they settled the, the rights and just changed it back to Spectre. Yeah, um, I mean, this is the whole, like, thing, right? Like, um, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know that level of detail from these movies and stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, know, I see this the same thing. I kind of have, like, a vague... Like, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, and read a lot of bullshit. And, yeah, so I kind of vaguely know the story, but I don't retain it. That's my problem. But they settled the rights. Um, Quantum of Solace was meant to pretty much set up the new bad group, but anyway, never happened. Forgettable movie. Care. Yeah, it's like it's like I haven't like massively researched the other movies either. I just fucking mm. watch them all the time because I fucking love them. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, Quantum of Solace. I watched it once on a plane, I think, as well. That's because you're a healthy adult, and that's yeah. exactly what an adult's meant to do. I, I didn't even go. to... I stopped going to watch uh, like. Um, I saw Casino Royale in the cinema. Mm. Didn't see Quantum of Solace. Didn't see Skyfall in the mm. cinema. I watched them like on a plane or whatever the hell afterwards. And then Spectre, I went to the cinema. So mm. I went to a return to the cinema to see James Bond at Spectre. Mm. And all the other ones I saw in the cinema when they came out that I could see. Except maybe License to Kill, I wasn't old enough to. Mm. Well, you know, funny they mentioned that. Coming in number 22, in my opinion, the third worst Bond movie. 1989's License to Kill. Hmm. <laughs> now I think Gladys Knight did the theme song License to Kill the main villain was Frank Sanchez okay so this is your argument make your argument now that you can judge a Bond movie on its theme song alone oh it's just but it's such a good it's just like the opening and everything and the, the heavy like uh, just the heavy music the, the it's just I don't know like it, it's, it gets your attention for sure. Um, you can't wait to see the movie, and then yeah, like uh, I don't know, it sort of keeps keeps me there. I, I think it just keeps me there. And the, well, whole, the whole, the whole, the whole, um, the whole setting of the movie is like really raw and really like intense because I guess it's like all drugs related and yeah, it is. 80s. Actually, it's a very adult movie theme, like in yeah. the James Bond movie. I think um, Felix Leiter loses his legs or something. And yeah, shark he gets eaten by the shark. Gets lowered under the shark, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think the action looks really standard for even for the eighties. It just looks very. I don't know. It just doesn't look that flash. Yeah, trying um, to think. Can I rebut this? Because um, for it to be knocked off its perch as the as a, as as the the was it twenty third movie? Was it? Uh, Sorry, oh, no, on, on my list, yeah, yeah. Third worst. Yeah, third worst. So twenty second. Uh, yeah. It, there must be worse movies there. Um, well, what's, what, what's uh, worse? Than- okay, I can put this to you this though. 
1989, he had some fucking mega hits coming out. So he had Lethal Weapon 2, mm-hmm. uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, man. Um, what else did you have? Oh, shit. Um, the Abyss. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other action movies? You had Lock Up, Sylvester Stallone, Cyborg with Van Damme. Mm-hmm. Basically, what I'm getting at, you had better action films that did action better than what was offered in this film. Mm-hmm. So, oh, for sure. But, I mean, that's not like... I mean, yeah, okay, fair enough. But, like, that's, that's you know... I mean, I'm, I'm comparing these within the the whole James Bond sort of spectrum, mm. right? Yeah, I don't know. I just think they pitched this one as an action film and as it's Bond going up against a uh, drug lord, but it just wasn't good. Mm. It just wasn't engaging. Like, it was no dynamic. You didn't want... <laughs> I would say, I would say that... Um, I would say that uh, Doctor No, the first movie, was worse than this movie. Oh, get fucked. What do you mean? Mm. That, that was the icon... Ah, oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Doctor... Oh, I don't want to spoil it. We'll get there, though. Doctor No had was one of the first action films in colour, went to Jamaica, had hot girls, had hot... The scenery was the beach. It was amazing. Ah, oh, Unbelievable. It set the it set the formula of a Bond villain and a lair and Bond confronting the the villain in his lair. It was amazing. Mm. Mm. Let's move uh. on. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number twenty one, Moonraker. Sir Roger's first entry and so on to the list. Moonraker. Um, oh uh, my this... god! How, how can you put that that low? Oh, well, because it's just it's again. This was a simply so as License to Kill was cashing in the action phase. Uh, this one's just cashing on the sci-fi but phase. But Moonraker had Drax as the villain, man. And the, the Dobermans and the clicking and the... So oh, Star and, Wars came and, out. And, and this... Okay, Jaws came back as well. And then we have the we have the the, the, the turning of Jaws. Oh, that was so that was so dumb. Oh, come on. It's just that like... So that, that, no, no, but that is just like Roger Moore right there because like... Like, he's, he's literally been... He's survived... Two or three assassinations attempts from from Jaws, and then he just gets over it because the guy got some uh, got some action. Right? <laughs> that is so Roger Moore. I I think I, I like don't like about Moonraker is it goes forever. I think it's one of the longest films, um, but if far out is this a long movie? The, it's got the it's got the scene in the uh, you know the, the he's he's got the kendo guy. That's what I mean. It goes, to, it goes to yeah. Venice and then it goes to like France and Venice. Um, then like South America, I'm like Jesus oh, Christ. Definitely. Oh no, nah, I totally disagree with that. And like, the space I don't know, battle like, was the space battle at the end was meh, lame. Yeah, that was kind of lame. But I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't think you could put any Roger Moore movie that low. To be honest, they've got so many redeeming qualities about them. Well, you're gonna hate the next one. Number oh 20. my God, how do you? How, I mean, <laughs> number like, twenty. I, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm starting to really judge your sincerity at the <laughs> opening remarks of this podcast. To be honest. <laughs> Judge away because number uh, number twenty octopusy. Hmm. See now for me that was that was his van- bland vanilla Bond. That yeah, was, that was definitely not his best. Uh, um, I, I, I would say that's my least favorite uh, Roger Moore one. To be mm. I I had one iconic thing um, scene where the uh, he goes into the casino. He's wearing that white tux and he's playing. I think he's playing back around and um, he has that chase in the streets of Delhi afterwards. That was yeah. pretty fun, but then, he, then what killed it for me when he gets dressed up in the clown suit at the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, Definitely. I, I, I don't do know if I agree with that being that low, though. Um, but, yeah, like, the, my least favorite Roger Moore one. But I guess I'm throwing in some Roger Moore bias there, to be honest. Probably not doing it fairly. Mm. I would also say this is probably the first one where you really notice how old this guy is. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, because he only made a view to... Um, a View to Kill that came out two years after. So it was 1983 Octopussy came out. A View to, a view to a Kill came out in 1985. Mm-hmm. And in 83, you can see, Jesus Christ, this guy's getting old. Um, but I will say All Time High with Rita Coolidge. That's a, that's an amazing theme. Yep. All Time High. And yeah, yeah. I'll just, yeah, I'll listen to that constantly. That one just makes you feel like you're just on a satin pillow, just mm-hmm. in a cabin lodge with a fire going, and you're just relaxing. Yep, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't think the villain was that interesting as well, and the plot was insanely confusing for what it was. I would rather watch Octopussy than Diamonds Are Forever. Though. Ooh, and from FC Secret Service. Mm-mm. And yeah, uh, probably not wrong. Yeah. Probably not wrong. Um, and tomorrow never dies. And Skyfall and well, Spectre. okay. The thing is though, like. Say, Die Another Day, Quantum of Solace, they're bad. And then from probably like from 22 to like, I don't know, 12, they're all kind of mediocre. So I could go for any order, if that makes sense. But there's just little things that I like above the other ones. So number 20 was Octopussy for me. But then after 19, Thunderball. So that was uh, Sean Connery's fourth entry. Uh, 1965, Tom Jones did the theme song, Thunderball. Um... Yeah, didn't like this one. This one is Goldfinger and Doctor No merged, and then balloons out. Um, it goes on forever. It's a lot of underwater sequences, which are slow and plotty. Um, and I just don't think it, it's. This is the one that puts me to sleep. Yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely drawn out. That's for sure. Mm. And it has. It does have a few iconic moments with the uh, jetpack and. Bond punching a woman <laughs> turns out to be a man. Damn. Um, but I mean, the bad guy Emilio Lago. Yeah. Just to be clear, when you say a highlight, that's not that's not a positive uh, highlight. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. yeah. When you say highlight, you just mean that it's uh, shocking. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't condone no, not, violence it, against women. It's not like every other James Bond is just. That's the one thing that's been missing is 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 domestic abuse, like. <laughs> Like, trust <laughs> just, me, Sean Connery punches a lot of women. So yeah, just just to be clear, uh, just to be clear, viewers. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So I mean, can you really argue with that one? This again, this one made a hell of a lot of movie, a hell of a, sorry, a hell of a lot of money. Um, Definitely would have put it lower on the list, that's for sure. Oh, so you, yeah. you, you reckon this one should have been lower? Wow. No, 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 low, low on the list. Uh, probably, probably this is about right. Mm. Yeah, that's what I mean. Around here is kind of like uh, they're all kind of. Mediocre. All right. Well, the next one, number eighteen, the world is not enough. Uh, that is uh, Pierce Brosnan's third entry. Um, came out in nineteen ninety nine. Uh, Shirley Manson from Garbage. She mm-hmm. did the sing the theme song, "The World Is Not Enough," and the bad guy was Electric King. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this one did an awesome henchman. Do you remember that? The, I think his name was Victor something. And you remember how he had a bullet in his brain? Oh yeah. That yep. was slowly killing him, but he that yeah. made him. In, like impervious to pain, so Bond obviously couldn't hurt him. That was a cool aspect. That was a cool was, villain. Was this the one with the big driving scene on the ice? Mm, no, that's Die Another Day. This oh, is the okay. one that had the um, 
Well, he goes to the, they go to that castle because MI6 gets blown up. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And I think this was, correct me if I'm wrong, it was Q's last movie. Mm-hmm, and, they, mm-hmm. and they replaced him with um, uh, shit, the, Roger Cleese. Or John the, Cleese, uh, the, the, the main villain or whatever is... Um, she's the, the, the mining magnate. And she, she turns on him or something? Yeah, like yeah, she, yeah. She's, yeah, yeah. I think the World Is Not Enough theme song was pretty bland. Um, I mean, it, it, it kind of just went for the same old James Bond tropes. But um, I did like the villain turn. And so you think, oh, this is just a Bond girl. But then they turned the Bond girl against him. And that, yeah. that was kind of unexpected. Yeah. Um, for the time, it was unexpected in 99. And I did like the henchman. I thought the henchman was amazing. Like, I thought he played... Was, that character was just really well well um, thought out. I think, yeah, largely forgettable storyline, though, to be honest. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's why it's pretty low on the list. Um, and then then number 17, I went for Tomorrow, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, yeah. So that, that was the 1997 entry. I think... Um, Although I have seen that a shitload of times for a movie that I don't really like. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. I've seen well, that a lot. I, I did mind Elliot Carver, the bad guy, as the uh, yeah. Rupert Murdoch um, magnate, but um, delicious. Yeah, I don't know. I thought the plot was a bit far stretched. So the, basically, Elliot Carver goes bait to design to, to to get news coverage. He then creates a war. He was trying to create a war with China and the UK. Mm-hmm. But then there's a meme around the internet like some while ago that said if you just he has an iPad in his hand but he doesn't obviously know it's an iPad because iPads hadn't come out yet and they just said if he just spent money developing the iPad he would have been like the wealthiest man in the world like yeah. as opposed to trying to fake a war between China or start a war between China and the UK mm-hmm. so to give again, a shout out to my uh, Malaysian uh, Malaysian contingent listen to this uh, Michelle Yeoh was good in that movie oh amazing yeah, she mm. was probably the best I think she was probably one that the best Bond... I guess you could call her a Bond girl, couldn't you? Yeah, or a sidekick. So. Would you call her a sidekick? More than bon, a Bond I'd girl? I'd call her the Bond girl. I would yeah, call her the Bond amazing. girl. Um, yeah, but again, Vanilla. I think the story was bland. Action was... Actually, some of the action sequences once. The, the chase on the motorbike was actually pretty interesting. But, um, yeah. Jog on, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Now, this one, you're going to get upset with. Number 16, Man with a Golden Gun. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, okay, I know what you're thinking. How can you love Roger Moore, but then put three of his movies in, like the bottom half of your list? What, 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 what did you dislike about that? What, what, um, what didn't you like about it? Okay, what I didn't like about it: Nitnack, the, the uh, henchman, Monsieur, um, Monsieur Bond, Monsieur Bond, Monsieur Bond. Yeah. Um, I think they went too far with the comedic elements. So, do you remember in this one there was a great skit? or great um, stunt, sorry, with the car that went over the bridge and then... Yeah, 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 yeah. With then JW. Why, and the... why would they add that stupid that stupid sound effect of the... Um, yeah, the... Like, why would you do that? That stunt is amazing. Mm. And um, Sergeant Pepper, whatever he is, that, that guy from... JW Pepper. Yeah, why bring him back? He was so atrocious. Yeah. That kind of killed it for me. The and the fun house, I didn't really like the fun house. That looked cheap, and for a Bond set, it didn't look that fantastic. I thought. Mm. Um, and I, I just think the Bond girl, uh, I can't remember her name now, but she was, uh, I don't know. 
annoying. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember her name either, to be honest. Yeah. But I, I, I will say that um, Man of the Golden Gun did have a good premise, an interesting premise. The world's best uh, assassin against the world's best spy. I thought that is a pretty interesting premise. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. book itself is actually pretty interesting. The book has a really interesting dynamic that Scaramanga, the villain, um, doesn't kill James Bond because he's kind of like in love with him. Mm. He thinks he's hot. So mm. there's this dynamic where they're, they're rivals, but then there's like a, another tier of complexity because, you know, well, in the movie, there's two two opportunities where Scaramanga could have killed James Bond very easily, but doesn't. Yeah, so, and that's I yeah I, I don't know. I thought yeah, it's kind of weird because you you could you could say that he probably didn't want to kill James Bond, <clears throat> and like um had James Bond not flown out to his island at the end, he probably would have got on with his life because he <laughs> exactly. did he did sort of say walk away, but then I guess he did take the Bond chick. Well, and the Bond chick, it's so dumb. The Bond chick's just like having a great time in a bikini on the beach, loving life. And she's like, oh, James Bond, you're back. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, her acting was pretty terrible there because I couldn't tell whether... Yeah. Uh, And the theme song was mental. The man with the golden gun. Like, that that, um, soundtrack, that theme song is absolutely crazy. He comes right before the kill. Jesus Christ. That bit literal. (laughs) No one can find him. Yeah, so I don't know. Golden gun, number 16. Number 15. Spectre, the last, the latest installment of the series, 2015 came out. Yeah, writing... I sort of, I sort of agree with that because I sort of liked it when I was watching it, but then when I, when I went back and thought about it, it's a lot that that movie didn't have compared mm. to other James Bonds. Mm. Um, uh, Writings on the Wall was a theme song by Sam, Sam Smith, and I absolutely think that's one of the worst mm. uh, theme songs. Uh, Die Another Day, then, then this one. It's yeah, no good. It's um. Again, it's like, I think that the theme songs that do well are the ones that you can you can you can sense that artists' influence on it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not the ones that try to replicate Shirley Bassey or um, I don't know, Lulu or whatever. Like just the ones that go out and say, "Well, this is the theme song, and this is what my my interpretation of it is." Um, I think this one is just I don't know. It's just not good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just not. I, I, I'm not a critic, and I'm not intellect enough to say it. But yeah, it's just. I just think that the theme song's bland, and the actual storyline's bland itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't need to see how Blofeld becomes bold and loses an eye. I mean, God, how literal do you want to be? And mm-hmm. the fact that he's the one that's been behind the other three movies of Skyfall, um, Quantum of Solace, and Casino Royale, and he's the one that's pulling all the strings bit far-fetched for me yeah it's just for me that was like a new direction james bond i didn't really like it didn't recognize mm. it didn't like it um didn't work so no. yeah i and i agree with you. i didn't mind it because i saw this one in new york on holidays and i thought oh yeah it's not too bad but then when i try to rewatch it um just the other night i just actually yeah, just had to turn it off it's a bit boring. pretty good pretty good screenplay though i gotta say the whole day of the dead sort of thing um, was pretty awesome. That opening sequence was pretty interesting. I actually thought mm. it, was, it, it recovered well from the... Um, it started off really well and then it kind of just petered out. I, here's the thing about Daniel Craig that really annoys me. Um, why can't he just have a mission? Why can't he just go into M's office? M goes, look, man, this is the mission. This is this guy doing this in part of the world. We need you to go suss him out. Go CQ. Go get your, your um, weapons slash gadgets. 
and go do it and get it done. Well, that's that's re- what that's what my fundamental problem with these 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 Daniel Craig movies is that yeah. they're like originy and linked and all that because it's not modular. Like and he's always on he's always gone rogue or he's always gone underground and it's like Christ, what are you? I've seen you gone rogue three times now. How yeah, am I, am I to believe? Am I to believe now that Roger Moore is that same character when he walks in M's office and it's yeah. like, oh well, remember that time you fucking went off the off the radar, you know, mm. like nah. ten years back, you know, and now oh you just want to come in, uh, now you're just cool with getting a new watch from Q. No, it's, it doesn't. It's not James nah, Bond. It's not James Bond. I agree. It's just trying to make it fit into the world we live now, and it's just like, mm, just give him a mission. Like everyone, I, I think if you work with the CIA. NSA, whatever, you're definitely not going to be able to go rogue. Like, I reckon Cubby Broccoli would have hated it, by the way. Yeah, for sure. Well, okay, moving on. Uh, Spectre, uh, sorry, Skyfall, number 14, same same deal. Um, he goes rogue again. Uh, the villain wants to kill M. The villain succeeds in killing M, and that's it. End of story. Yeah, yeah, move on. <laughs> move on. Uh, I definitely would have put um, License to Kill above all of these, though. Really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Oh, well, okay. At number 13, Living Daylights. What do you reckon of that one? Being number 13. Living Daylights is, uh, I, I, I kind of like it because I like the settings, like with the gypsies and the mm. the, the cello case. And the, the obviously the theme song is awesome. Yeah. Quite, quite literally one of the best, I would say, definitely top five James Bond theme songs. Wow. I would have to agree with you that I think this is an entertaining movie. And I do like it. It's set in uh, Eastern Europe, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And I the only thing that lets me down with this one is, the, again, the plot is a bit contrived and a bit overthought. So there's a mole in MI6 and yeah, and it goes a bit... The, the guy that got out of the Iron Curtain, I think he was a colonel or something, is apparently them working with the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it did have a really cool scene where he's... At the, at the orchestra of the symphony and he's just like waiting to make contact with that with the um, the Bond girl I forgot her name God. Mm-hmm. but I yeah I, I the only reason I didn't put this one higher is because I think now that when, we, when you move up the list you actually get start to get into some solid movies yep. so Cara, Cara um, or something right mm, so now I'm like Living Daylights is it really better than the ones I'm going to like above it but we'll get there we'll get there mm. all right uh, number 12, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Now, you said earlier in the podcast about how this one was had a heavy plot. So James Bond falls in love, has his wife, and has and then has that tragedy of her getting killed at the end. Yep. I agree with you that he, it's, he's not bringing anything extra to the role, but I just think that this is a, probably a unique uh, one of a kind in terms of where they took the story. Because this is the first time you actually got the impression that he might actually retire from being James Bond. Yeah, that was like a, a new dimension to James Bond. Yeah, and um, I actually and the actual the main theme or the main Bond song wasn't played on the opening credits. If you remember, it was that instrumental, and the actual theme song was played at the end of the movie. I think we have all the time in the world by Louis Armstrong. Um, yeah, and Blofeld. Blofeld in this was amazing. I thought he was the best portrayal of Blofeld. Um, fantastic. Yeah, mid table is about right for me with this one. Mm. Well, that's what I say. I'd say from from about say besides so twenty four to twenty three, they're stinkers, right? But then when you go from like twenty two to about ten, 
or even eleven. You can probably they're all kind of interchangeable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So so it's like if there's just things I like about them than more than the others. I might so start I'd, to agree with you now. I might change my uh, my thoughts now that I thought about it. Like. Craig probably is my least favorite Bond now when I consider the fact that I judge this mid-table mm. and most of Daniel Craig's movies below it. Mm. I agree. I mean, I just think Spectre and Skyfall just not entertain. Like, just, 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 they're not Bond movies. They're just a hard nut going around being a hard nut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, actually, I will say this about Skyfall, though. Um, Rahul Silva or Rahul Silva, amazing villain. He's, yeah, he's I love, villain. I love, I love that guy. He, yeah, he should, yeah. He was an amazing villain. Um, I just wish he had a better plot than other than to kill M. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so Honor Majesty Secret Service. We just talked about number eleven. Diamonds are forever. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this movie. To be honest, I there was one reason why I like Diamonds Are Forever, and I would probably argue it's the first time we had two henchmen, Mister Wint and Mister Kid. Yep. and they were gay lovers and they had Blofeld and it's just an interesting dynamic to see all of that. I don't know. There's some scenes in there that are just like, for me, like, uh, you know, nightmare stuff, like when he's almost getting cremated and shit. Yeah. It, it's an uh, it's an odd movie because it takes place in Las Vegas, which isn't really a traditional Bond setting. Mm. Um, and um, I would say that it's a very odd that the Bond girl, I can't remember her name now, uh, I'm so bad at this. Apologies, listeners. You're probably screaming at us. Mm. Um, I can't remember her name, but she was really, really appalling. I'm going to actually look her up. She was probably one of the worst Bond girls. Well, it's like, <clears throat> I don't know. This, this movie, to me, was like really uh, really creepy. Yeah? <laughs> Why? I don't know. Like, I, I guess they, I guess the, the, the villains did a good job and stuff, right? Mm. It's just like quite a, kind of dark and... Creepy and oh, Jill St. John, that's the one. Uh, Tiffany Case, yeah, I thought she was atrocious. Okay, but the thing, the reason why I placed it so highly is, um, I really like Charles Gray as Blofeld. I think he did. He's probably my favorite Blofeld. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like, um, I like the campiness of it. So I mm-hmm. like the lightheartedness of it, and that's probably what's going to fill the top ten. Is the uh, pretty much the lightness, the campiness of these movies. So my top ten. I've, I've pretty much some of the McCampion movies you're going to get. Because mm. um, I like the comedic element and I like the, the James Bond that is like, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll figure itself out. I'm James Bond. Mm. He's relaxed. He's cool. Um, but I have to agree with you, though. It's I, This is one I watch probably... I'll probably watch this more than, say, some of the others in the top ten. But... Because I like some of the elements, but you're right, it, it, it doesn't work all that well as a movie. Mm. Um, all right, well, now let's get into the top 10. So, number 10, A View to a Kill. Roger, Sir Roger's last entry into the James Bond universe uh, came out in. Uh, you're, you're ranking that 10th. Yeah. 1985, View to a Kill. Duran Duran with a sensational View to a Kill theme song. You know, like some people rate that as the worst James Bond ever made. <laughs> well, this is not some people. This is Full Metal, and A View to a Kill is in my top ten as number ten, and it's fantastic. It's got uh, Max Zorin. Yeah. Oh Walker. god, so good. 
Mayday, one of the best yeah. henchwomen. It's yeah. it's the plot makes no sense. James Bond's too old. Um, Zorin is uh, basically he wants to destroy Silicon Valley because he believes that will drive the price down or mm-hmm. to drive the price up on silicon chips. But he doesn't realize that silicon chips are manufactured in China and the people that buy the silicon chips are all in Silicon Valley. So what he's actually killing his own consumer. Mm. Um, it's obviously the first one where they went full camp. Uh, mm. I just love the theme song. I love the action sequences of the when he's driving around Paris in that half car. Mm. Um, Roger Moore still quick as a whip. Um, I I don't know. It's just got a soft. It's, you can't explain it. It's got a soft spot in my heart. A view to kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I, yeah. I'm just trying to think um, whether I'd agree with it being at tenth because uh, it would definitely either be tenth or higher. I would say. Whoa. Because uh, it's one of my favorites. Definitely yeah. one of my favorites um, for a whole host of reasons. Um, let me just think. What would be above it? Uh, yeah, it's probably. I put it probably no higher than like seventh. Mm. That makes sense. But see, people like Bond. I think there's two types of Bond uh, fans. Ones that take Bond seriously and that mm. they want to see the Daniel Craig, Sean Connery, um, standard atypical hero. Yeah, i.e. not true fans. <laughs> and then there's fans like us that enjoy the shitness of these movies mm-hmm. more and they actually like seeing them. Um, they like the campy elements and they like the quips and they like the unbelievable scenarios. Well, um, I mean, you know, put it this way, right? Like most of the times I've seen James Bond haven't been like in the cinema um, mm. or like reserving on a it, – it's almost like Star Wars, right? Like it's it's like being on a daytime TV or something like on mm. a Sunday, like morning or whatever. And mm. it's just like um, you just want to like switch off your mind, right? Enjoy yourself. Mm. Get into that, get into that world, and then, um, uh, like, uh, want to not have regretted that you wasted your time when you watched it, right? Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, you can watch a movie like Argo, or you can watch a movie like Man on the Moon, or you can watch a movie like uh, Titanic or whatever, mm. and then be like, oh, I really liked how they did this, and I really like how they told me this story, and I really like. And it's like James, I, I don't, I don't want that in the James Bond movie. No. Nah. You just want, you just want action and entertainment but I guess what I'm trying to say is well so you could argue then why don't you like Die Another Day but Die Another Day is a movie where it tries to be serious but, but in being serious it has a, this really nonsensical plot and it just wants too much of both worlds if that makes sense and a, a lot Whereas, of this can't be broken down though as well like it's mm. just the sum of the parts is yeah. better than the it, it, it sums to more than the than each individual component mm. somehow yeah, well, I think, and the thing about Die Another Day is, um, sorry, The View to Kill, right? You got an amazing theme song. Um, to the, I would agree that the opening sequence of this movie is trash, where it's clearly not James Bond, it's a stunt double just skiing around, and he goes into his little submarine, and it just happens to be a chick, and it opens so up good. like that. Ridiculous. But, I mean, it, it's, it's just, you're happy to see Sir, Sir Roger acted it up and have such a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, you're almost like watching it as if he's, you know, just happy for him. Um, anyway, so let's jump on. So after number 10, number 9, for your eyes only. 
another Sir Roger classic. I think this one came out in 81. Yeah. And For Your Eyes Only theme song by Sheena Easton. And the main villain was Aristotle Christos. I would say that Your Eyes Only would be like one of my favorites. I'd probably yeah. put that as like number one or number two, I would say. Maybe Whoa, number three. That's huge. That's yeah. huge, Cole. Um, huh, I don't know. I think this one was just trying to replicate the spy I love me, to be honest with you. Okay. And I didn't really think too much of the villain or the Bond girl. I just thought they were, I don't know, a bit bland. So I guess it's pistachio nutshells, and he's got like the, <laughs> yeah, the, the Greek, yeah. Greek island, and yeah, uh, the Greek islands. Oh, uh, and the car that goes underwater is that like was that, yeah? No, is that the spy you love me? Uh, oh, I can't remember. No, wait. Uh, the car goes underwater. I can't. The remember. Lotus. Yeah. Mm, it's amazing. Um. All right, we'll probably keep keep going because getting close to the hour mark here. Um. So after for your eyes only, I had number eight, Goldfinger. Now I only had this one this high because it's kind of set the benchmark or the it's, it cemented the formula of a Bond movie and you just got to pay it homage because I, I kind of think that it's not all that interesting this movie um, because face it Bond plays a passenger for a lot of it he gets captured halfway through and he's just watching the movie unfold in front of him so I don't know I, I you got to give it props because it has the odd job as the henchman Goldfinger iconic villain has that iconic scene with the laser Shirley Bassey with the theme song. Um, what do you What do you feel about Goldfinger? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, uh, fan- fantastic movie. Just everything awesome. So you would say would this be your favorite Sean Connery movie? Um, no. Oh wow! All right. See, I would probably say I wouldn't watch this as much as I'd watch Diamonds Are Forever. Really. Because it has that weird 60s pacing where, like, they actually would, will show you someone entering a room and then watch them get undressed, and it's just a bit slow, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I would say, I would say just, just to spoil it, I would say that um, my favorite uh, Sean Connery one is um, probably From Russia With Love. Oh, guess what? You're not, you're not far off, man. You're not far off. Because guess what? Uh, okay, so after Goldfinger, you got number seven, You Only Live Twice. And then I had his number six from Russia with love. Number seven, you only live twice. I really like the volcano battle at the end. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's that's probably the the best uh, one of the best uh, end sort of good guys versus bad guys, calling the troops, Bond mm-hmm. versus the villain sort of uh, endings. Um, I don't like the racism where. They try to make Bond Japanese by simply having him slant his eyes and crouching over. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do like it being set in Japan. I think that brings another element to it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And the sumo wrestling and all that sort of exposing Bond to the Japanese culture. I really do like it. Um, but, yeah, as I said, it's somewhat racist. Um, but it, I think it's, for me, I would probably watch that more than I watch Goldfinger. But number six, From Russia With Love, is, is definitely my favourite uh, Sean Connery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, one of my favourite Sean Connery's, not the favourite, one of my favourite Sean Connery's because I think it, it's, it breaks away, it's, it's a good spy movie just in general. So basically the English know that, that the Russians have set a trap, but they're going to send their best man anyway because he's the best man and he'll get out of it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And it's awesome. set 
it's awesome. Set in Turkey, um, and he's obviously got to catch the train to the uh, out of the Iron Curtain. Mm-hmm. Has, I think, one of the best henchmen, Donald Grant. So Donald Grant is that Spectre agent who um, he he's pretty much the Spectre version of James Bond. Mm-hmm. And you just see them to square off is a mate like Spectre's best against James Bond's best. Um, and you've got the first glimpse of Blofeld in this movie. Um, it's it's amazing. The theme song by Matt Monroe from Russia with Love, very melodic, very nice, nice mm-hmm. entry into this thing. Any comments about that? Uh, yeah, I just, I just, I just think that the whole movie, like, <clears throat> it goes from scene to scene that is super interesting. Mm. Um, the character development, you really get to, you really get to see James Bond sort of take a, a really because I think Doctor No was just like. Um, figuring it all out and then the mm. second movie they realised that people liked it so they, they gave um, James Bond this sort of clear uh, like um, clear character in the second mm. movie so this is what James Bond's going to be like right and then yeah it's and definitely going to be about uh, the, the whole Cold War um, yeah it's just I thought it was fantastic movie I love watching it um, it's definitely one of those movies that I'll, I'm willing to just sit down on, on my couch any time of day and just, mm. just get through it yeah, so I remember watching this film when I was a kid it was, like I said it was on like Sunday TV or whatever and just seeing like the Bond villain the Bond girl Tatiana Romanov just being like wow she's amazing and just being mm. in love with her and the whole setting yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I think definitely if it wasn't a Bond villain it, it's, it's a standout movie in itself um, so sorry if it wasn't a Bond film if they were called different characters they would just be like a standout movie on itself it's, it's it, that world and it's got the lady with the uh, um, I'm pretty sure it's got that, that that cranky lady from Spectre in it as well right? yeah yeah, Rosa Klebb the Spectre yeah. agent yeah but this is where she goes up to Robert Shaw and like punches him in the gut or something right yeah so Robert Shaw is playing um, I think Agent Red Grant or yeah. Donald Grant sorry and um, Donald yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and he's um yeah, and basically they're training him to be the Bond killer after what happened from in Doctor Who. Yeah, mm. it's like it's like the, the way to prove that he's 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 tough is just to punch <laughs> him in the gut. You don't do anything. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, number five, Casino Royale. Daniel Craig came out in. Ooh, you would put say, that that high. Two thousand six. Okay, you know why I like this movie. Why? Now I want to say this though. When this the came sheep. out, I saw this the theater sheep. in the cinema. Mm-hmm. And when it came out, I was like, "Wow, I, I, I wanted to see a Bond origin movie, right?" Mm-hmm. But how not knowing that it would get three other fucking Bond origin movies? But when this came out, I was like, "Whoa, this is really, really good." Did what? Because they had to reboot the franchise and bring it new life, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The opening credits when he kills the guy, and then that, that turns into the walking down the gun barrel sequence. And then the theme yeah. song, Chris Cornell's theme song, is amazing. You know my name. You yeah, that's good. That's a good and theme song. I like the Sheaf, he has that the blood tear out of his eye. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Aston Martin sequence with the roller. Like for me, I really liked this movie when it came out. It was fresh. It was a new dynamic. Daniel Craig. This is his best. He was interested in being James Bond. He um, <clears throat> annoying Bond girl though. Ah, uh, uh, Vespa Lind or whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Yeah, but it kind of justified why James Bond's an arsehole to women because he really liked Vesper and was in love with her, but then she turned on him. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so then he could literally say, I'm never going to trust another woman in my life. So I just thought this brought a fresh take on it. And the really, reason why we watch this one so much is because 
when you see that sequence in Africa at the first half of the movie and in the parkour, parkour sort of thing, yeah, 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 and you see Daniel Craig just come through that wall and you realize, oh, okay, so this isn't this is he's he's a British bulldog. Now I said before earlier I might be contradicting myself that well you said you don't like him as a Bond, but at the time when this movie came out, I really I really liked it. Mm-hmm. But then his subsequent movies, I kind of got quick. I got, I just got over it very quickly. Uh-huh. And then I realized how much I missed the old tropes or the old sort of Bond cliches of him going to M's office, getting, getting, um, having I that think- banter with Money Penny, then getting the file, going on the mission, saving the day. Um, I, I just I feel. Daniel Craig's the best. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I gotta I gotta jump in here. I think I think Daniel Craig's the best James Bond when it comes to like holding a rifle and shooting people. Yeah. Yes. In but, action, action sequences for sure. But him at a casino table gambling against someone like Mads Mikkelsen, mm. like a like nah, I don't I don't believe it. Do it for me. <laughs> yeah. He see see the thing is that he's like the operative that would wear the camo and be an SS, um, SAS sort of operative and he's in the field and he's just, you know what I mean? And then when he gets out of, out of the field, he slams beer at the local pub. Yeah. Um, but, he's, yeah, I get what you're saying. And that's he's why... He's like too buff for his suit at mm. the table and stuff, mm. right? Mm. And then you got like an actor like Mads Mikkelsen who's like brilliant at playing different actors, uh, mm. different roles, right? And then you got like Craig who's very like one-dimensional. I like, yeah, well, I... For me, this is probably one movie that I watch a lot, um, but his subsequent movies are what let me down for him as, as James Bond. So, Quantum of Solace was just so boring. Mm. And Skyfall and Spectre, are, on the whole, were too similar in that they were trying to set up things. Um, Bond goes rogue, or he had, you know, he's... He, yeah, but I mean, from what I remember of all those movies, he goes rogue in every fucking movie, to be honest. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So that's, it's just but, like, can't be contained. That well, t- 2006, when this came out, that never happened before. Bond never went rogue, right? Mm. Or he did, uh, I, think he, I think he did in um, License to Kill, but um, M takes away his License to Kill. But in this one, it's the first time he goes rogue, and I was like, oh, shit, this is cool. But then I just got over it. Last The, the three movies that followed it were fucking the same shit. But like, but like, like the in James Bond, like yeah, okay, they they risk him, right? They risk, oh. they treat him like an asset, right? Mm. They risk him. They, like mm. in the Golden Gun is a good example, right? Where they mm. go, they want that Solex or whatever, mm. and they're just like, um, yeah, we're gonna take you off the case because uh, this guy wants to kill you. So unless you you figure that out, like you're not you're not working for us anymore, basically. And then yeah. they're just like, yeah, just go sort out your own mess, like Bond, right? But then mm. it turns out that. Scaramanga is involved in that that Solex thing, right? Yeah. But it's like uh, it's like Roger Moore just takes on the chin and just goes, "Oh, okay, I'll just go deal with that." You know? yeah. Whereas, whereas fucking like uh, Daniel Craig gets all like he gets all like bent out of shape about it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's mm. like a, an abused child, and he he just wants to be loved. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I you're right. The charm. I realize that you need that sort of charm. And that dynamic in a James Bond film. Um, all right, quickly we'll move on because we've been going on for a while. Um, GoldenEye is number four for me. I would say this. This again. This is another reboot with uh, Pierce Brosnan. Came out in 1995. Um, Tina Turner did the theme song. I just remember this and the video game on the Nintendo 64, and just being in love with some of the amazing sequences when he dives off the dam. On the, yeah. on the opening iconic, sequence. Iconic game, yeah. Iconic. Yeah. 
dude, this is epic. This one was actually really epic. Similar to what Daniel Craig, they start off with a bang with their first one. The first one is an absolute ripper, mm. but then the subsequent movies just get worse and worse and worse. More plot convoluted, trying to do too much, trying to then add comedy. Like Spectre had comedic moments that then the actor doesn't quite pull off. Um, the villains the villain. get, get more cliched or more vanilla. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just thought, yeah, GoldenEye for me was... When that came out, 95, I was just sort of, you know, just at the age where you kind of like to start to get into action movies and you're kind of liking new stuff. Uh, the, the, I think it was brilliant. It was a brilliant movie. Oh, for sure. And the, the henchman, what was her name? Oh, um, uh, on a Top. On a Top. Yeah, Zen On Top. Mate, Alec Trevelyan. Oh, WC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, epic. I, I would have put this higher, but I'll tell you why. You're going to get very upset. Uh, this GoldenEye, I was tossing and turning between number four and number three. So number three, I put Dr. No. And mm. <laughs> yeah, you hate this movie. Mm. But the reason why I put Dr. No as number three is because of a few things. Number one is the first time we get the iconic James Bond theme, the, the Dave Arnold James Bond theme. Yep. First time we get Dr. No, the henchman. Well, I guess it's the first, basically it's the first of everything. And this is what it kicked off the whole franchise. It was one of the very first movies in color. It gave us these amazing sort of landscapes with the, the, the crystal clear, crystal clear Jamaican water, the sand, um, Ursula Andress as the, as the James, uh, the Bond girl, the, the layer, how the layer has all like futuristic modern sort of set piece. The villain just wants to exploit the world, not for like a, like a traditional dictator, but just to get, his own profit and to make money. Um, I thought it had uh, some the iconic scene of James Bond, James Bond at the casino <laughs> at the beginning. It's like, mm. we need our best man for the job. Go, go, go get our best man out of the casino and sober him up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with you. Again, it has that weird 60s pacing where it's very slow in some parts. Um, but this is a movie that I, my first James Bond movie was actually Dr. No. And I was actually given this um, on VHS, I think. And I used to watch this a lot. Because, uh, believe it or not, kids, back in the day, you didn't have everything at your fingertips. And I just remember watching this movie incessantly. But I just hate the whole dragging on that three blind mass at the, at the, at the start. Like, oh, it goes it's, on for way too long. It's a, fu- it's a fucking slow movie. <laughs> it's a slow yeah. moving movie, for sure. Slow movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, where would you have Dr. No then? You'd have GoldenEye in your top three, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Where would you have Dr. No? Down the bottom? Out of the top 10. Whoa, that's huge. Mm. That's huge. Mm. Um, Well, okay. Well, and then the reason why I couldn't have GoldenEye in the top three, so I had the sentimental attachment to Dr. No, Mm. but then the next two, obviously you can probably work it out now. So number two, the spy who loved me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Roger... The iconic opening sequence. Um, nobody does it better. That's a, that's probably one of the best theme songs. Introduction of Jaws. Jaws. Carl mm. Stromberg as the villain. Um, mm. The submarine layer and the, and the fight they have in the submarine. Nautical Bond, my favorite theme. Mm. Favorite Bond look. Jaws killing a, a shark. Has everything, man. Has everything, mm. this movie. Mm. Again, people don't... Some people actually don't really like this a lot because they feel that it's just Goldfinger, but underwater mm. and in essence it probably is it's yeah but a... I mean what's wrong with that <laughs> exactly that's exactly why I do what's wrong yeah. with that um, and I think I, I would say that Jaws is better as odd job 
as a henchman. What do you reckon about that? Call? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Jaws was just yeah. But Jaws is charming, right? Like Jaws mm. is one of those actors where like uh, like Odd Job's not a good actor, right? Oh, he didn't he react. Just he just didn't say anything. He just, yeah, he just throws his hat around and he's what? just I like. I think Odd Job was a Korean re- a Korean wrestler. I'm pretty sure or something. Really. Yeah. So he just throws a hat, right? Like, mm. buddy, Jaws, at least, like, they focus on his face, his expressions, he never really says anything until Moonraker. Mm. But then, like, he's 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 got stage presence for someone because he's massively tall and he's got really good facial expressions. Mm. That's what I love about mm. Jaws. All right, another one. And people didn't like this. Again, didn't think... This didn't make a lot of, movie, a lot of money when it came out. Um, they didn't like it. They thought it was um, a, just a black exploitation movie, um, and they thought uh, Sir Roger didn't have the chops. Die for sure. But, uh, Live and Let Die, number one, is my all-time favorite Bond movie. Yeah, and it's it- definitely a really good movie. Um, <laughs> How can you not like Live and Let Die by Paul McCarthy? It's amazing. Oh yeah, it's a great song. Uh, yeah. I just, I just, I just thought the Bond girl, like the not not Jane the Seymour. Reader. Huh? Jane Seymour. Uh, is that the African American lady? Oh, oh, the CIA agent. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah, they. Oh, she was, can't mm. act. <laughs> uh, I think her, her her whole role though, the whole point of the movie, she's just playing a. a see, they had, they, these movies do suffer from sex, uh, sexism, right? So you can't you can't hide behind that. But uh, Gloria, what was her name? Um, Rosie, I think her name was in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just plays as a dumb... Like, no one that stupid would be a CIA agent. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think the other thing is, um, Sam and Mendy, the, the henchman, the voodoo guy, they could yeah. have done more with him, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do hate the way how Mr. Big or, um, you know, Yafet Kodo, how he got killed was by that pill. And they blew him up like a balloon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, was, that was pretty shit. But I do like the setting. I thought that that the um, the whole when he gets to the crocodile farm and he runs over, he jumps over those crocodiles. Yeah, so, so good. and they're real crocodiles, and that's amazing. And if you go on YouTube, you can actually see the stuntman in one of the takes. He actually gets caught by one of them. It's oh, amazing. Shit. It's amazing. This film had he didn't. Sir Roger looked amazing in his tuxedos and his suits. Mm. Um, Jane Seymour as Solitaire, the Bond girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, she was pl- again. She played a bit of an idiot, like well, innocent, I guess. But this still, this movie does have some, some, I guess, some things that work against it. Um, Sheriff Pepper, um, yeah, Rosie. But the I, the guy with the hook hand was a good uh, uh, bad guy. Um, the Baron Samidi was uh, was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Baron, I think they could have used him more because he he just get he gets killed and gets chucked into the, the snake pit, or whatever. Yeah, but he doesn't die. You see him on the train at the end. Oh, that's right. Oh, he just not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like this movie. I I just think it's fun. Um, seeing Bond in Harlem, ro- rolling around in Harlem, just looking out of place. I I love the the band that like picks up the guy in the coffin. Mm. Whose funeral is it? Yours. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like the the it it's like um. It's just weird. So, like, when you watch it, even though you've seen it many times, it's like when something's weird like that, it becomes layered. It becomes, like, too for much sure. for your brain to process, right? So, every time you watch it, you might see something different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's what I love about movies like that. Like, um, someone, someone, like, when you're storyboarding the shit out of this movie, there'd be people in the, in, uh, at the boardroom table going, what are we doing? Wait, wait, why would we do that? People aren't going to get that. 
it de- it definitely is a um a black exploitation movie set in Harlem. Um, yeah, they're all so, bad people. They're all the bad guys. It's uh, but I mean, for me, live, live and die. Is that your number one? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say that's probably my favorite Bond. Yeah. What, so okay. No, I'd say I'd say probably it, it for me it's a toss up between Fear Eyes Only and that one. You like Fear Eyes Only that much? Yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> oh, don't you reckon that that Aristotle is just a face? <laughs> like you know what I mean? You can just see him like just. In in the area that we grew up, you don't really just reminds you of so many people's dads and just how he's just like a big fat fess. I just love him from. Uh, I, I'll be honest, like uh, I love him because he was in Last Crusade. Mm, fair enough. <laughs> all right, well uh, that's it. That's our listing of the movies. Um, all right, so Daniel Craig is just to wrap up. Daniel Craig widely rumored not to be returning. Uh, he is getting offered, I think, something ridiculous like twenty four million or something to pay to to do the next one. Bond 25. Um, so say Daniel Craig declines and isn't, who would you like to see as the new, next James Bond? Any thought about that? Um, I can tell you, I, I've already thought about this. You know what, I, I reckon I wouldn't mind seeing the... Um, uh, Clive Owen, right? Or um, I How think he Clive could do Owen, it. Though? Yeah, or, think... or the, uh, the African-British uh, guy. Uh, Idris Elba. Yeah, I just saw, but I think I think he could because he's pretty charming. That guy. Well, so think about it. these um, movies. So they don't pump them out like they used to. So Doctor No, um, to Thunderball, were all kind of done within five years. Whereas mm. like Casino Royale to Spectre, that's taken almost eight years, De- nine years, De- decade almost. So you don't want to start the actor too old. That's because um, the before before too long, you you're then looking for a new Bond. Um, Says your elbows uh, forty four. Yeah, but black don't crack, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. I would like I like Elba, but I'm just my only concern with him is he's, he's he's he'll be the same age as Sir, uh, Sir Roger though. Yeah, and you wouldn't get seven movies out of him because they just don't make him that quick anymore. Clive Owen's got some good movies, but then he's got some bad movies. Like I was trying to watch that bloody uh, King Arthur the other day. Mm. And, uh, my God, like you know. It's it's a bad movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's like um, you know, just just put some soul into your lines. You know what I mean? Like get a character, man. get into character. He just yeah. never gets into character. But then when you know that movie he did, the bank uh, bank role robbery, oh, uh, Inside Man or something, Inside Job or whatever. Yeah, that was yeah. good. And uh, the the hit him up and all. This. He's got some. He's got some good movies where he well, jumps into a really good character. Clive Owen's fifty two. That's too old, man. He's past. He yeah, can't do it. yeah. You can't do it. I mean, the only other one I, that Tom Huddleston, have you heard of him? No. Or Tom Hiddleston, sorry. Let's this guy up. He was rumoured to be Bond, but um, I, I think Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From, um, uh, fuck, uh, that TV Night series. Manager. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. good. Yeah, this guy will do it. This guy's good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, he'll, be, he'll be the new Bond for sure. You reckon? Yeah. After the Night Manager. That's a good series, eh? Well, I just don't... I think he's too... I think he's the safe bet, though, if that just makes scrawny. sense. He's a bit and, oh, I don't, That doesn't really bother me, because like I said, I don't really care. I don't want my Bond to be a bulldog. I, I like my Bond to just be tall, you know, just have that physique where he, he, you can tell he's obviously athletic, but he doesn't have to be a muscle, a bodybuilder. 
Um, I just think, um, I don't know, do you think this guy would have charm and the suave required? Uh, he'd never be as good as Roger Moore. I wouldn't mind them finding someone who would actually be better than Roger Moore. How more? more. I want it to get better. Mm, that's true. Uh, well, I, I, I kind of hope that they don't um, bring Daniel Craig back because I would actually like a reboot. Um, yeah. But the only thing is that they ended Spectre on... They kind of wrote themselves in a corner where he drives off with... Uh, what's her name? Um, this the girl. Oh god, I'm so bad at details. What's the uh, what's the what's Inspector? What's the uh, Madeline's Madeline Swan, right? Mm. So he drives off with Madeline Swan, saying he's quick MI6, and it's like, well, where do you go from there in the next film? Mm. I'd I'll just like them to go back to sort of uh, back to basics. Make Bond just an agent MI6, and he goes in, gets the mission, and goes and defeats the bad guy. Let, let me let me throw some at you, right? Go. What about um, Tom Hardy? Hmm. Hmm. Good call. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that could do it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that could do it, but I think Tom Hardy with Tom Hardy, he he has that intensity about him. And I guess he does have that, you know, good-looking dude and whatever. Um, what about? I don't think he'd be happy in the role for too long, if that makes sense. Yeah. Look at his movies. He likes to do weird, and he likes to play the villain a lot. And I reckon he'd be. An, I reckon he would be an awesome villain, as opposed to being the go, the good guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So I I'd actually like to see Tom Hardy as like a in a role where he's like in Goldeneye. Um. He's. 006 and he turns bad sort of that sort of thing like the anti James Bond I think he'd be better at yeah he'd be a good uh, villain actually mm, that's what I'm thinking yeah what about Damien Lewis Damien Lewis he's British Damien Lewis oh yeah okay Major Winters Major Winters um, go on yeah, Major Winters nah too ginger next next <laughs> no, I reckon I reckon that doesn't matter because I reckon he's got that um, ability to. Yeah, to don't act. want a ginger bond. Don't want a ginger bond. Nah. Okay, what about um? Uh, there's all these there's all these other ones like that are like basically like just show just because they're British, right? Like mm. Henry Cavill, no. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, no. I wouldn't mind Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. You reckon? Yeah, I reckon he would. He could turn it on. But he does have, because I think that's how James Bond is. Like he has those kind of basic everyday looks, but it's his personality and his ability, the ability to adapt to every situation. Cumberpatch would definitely be the most Roger Moore of the other mm. ones I mentioned. That's mm. for sure. Mm. What about Fastbender? Fastbender would be fantastic. I was actually just about to say that. But the only problem with Fastbender is. Um, his age. I think he's older than he looks. He is... I don't know how old he is. Because uh, I, think... I, know, I know we shot all over those movies, the alien movies, but I thought he was a, it was a good droid. Um, oh, no, he's only 40. No, he could do it. Fast better could do it. That's probably about the right age you want, Bond. Because mm. I think you probably... So how old is Idris Elba? He's 45 or 44? 44, I think. Yeah, you probably wouldn't want to go any older than that just because they take like four years to get one of these movies out or three yep. years to get a movie out. So you'd only get maybe three movies out of them. Um mm. But I reckon fast. My vote would be Fastbender. 
No, Idris Elba first, Fassbender second. That would be my preference. Because mm. mm. I think, you know, Idris Elba, he has that weight about him where he can be, like, charming and he's very physical, right? But you mm-hmm. know that um, at the same time he comes off as being just gentle. So there's, like... You know, does that make sense? What I'm trying to—the <laughs> duality of the role. Yeah, you know, he could, he could crush you, but he's—he's he's not. You know who would make the perfect Bond? Who? Uh, I gotta—I gotta look up his name though. Um, who? Uh, you know—you know the African British guy out of Peep Show who plays Mark's boss. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> He would, he would be so good. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. listen to the UK TV show. Yeah, Patterson Joseph. Yeah. That guy's charming as fuck. Peep show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I do know so you're talking about. Right, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do know you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, the thing is, I don't think Bond is... It's not about colour. It's about the personality, really. And it's not about race or whatever. It's about... Can the man play that role where he's charming and um but at the same time he can get the job done and he's athletic and all that and i think mm. daniel craig's too far on one spectrum where he's really physical and really serious mm. but then roger moore is probably too far on the other spectrum where he's a bit too comedic because there's something they, they need to they need to get like a um a thespian or a shakespearean style mm. actor into that role again right like someone yeah. someone who um has the projection and stuff you know mm. what i mean like um a serious, a serious like actor who who knows about because uh, your eyes get glued to Roger Moore whenever he's on set, right? Yeah, he's like charisma. That's the charisma we're talking about. If you stop and pause every scene and look at every scene, you can notice that there's some cool shit in the scene that you've never noticed before mm. because you're just glued to Roger Moore. Mm. Exactly, you know? and it's like, that, that's hard pres- to find though. I mean, you got to they'll. I think Daniel Craig clearly doesn't want to do another one, so I would say why force him to and just start anew. Um, that would be my preference. All right, cool. Uh, R.I.P. Sir Roger, um, you will be forever missed, and you are an icon of cinema. Um, if you'd like to follow us, we have a Twitter account at FMMRPOD, so that's at FMMRPOD. Um, as always, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week, Rob. Yep, no worries, Sammy. All right, take care, mate. Bye.